0: the money show shapeshifters well every week the money show with bruce whitfield hosts a business person who has shown an ability to adapt to their conditions tonight I'm happy to tell you I'm joined by Jonathan Hurwitz, CEO of Telljoy. Now, Jonathan Herverts is a registered chartered accountant and the chief executive officer at Telljoy, a leading online retailer offering electronics, furniture, and even gym equipment on a ro- rent-to-own basis. You'll be happy to know that they're also are renting out some bank- backup power for-, for ownership on a rent-to-own basis. Jonathan Herwitz, uh, welcome to The Money Show. Thanks for having me. Look, where do we start? Uh, where you were born uh, and where you cut your teeth? Uh, we were talking off-air about you being in Botswana and the family being in a cattle business. How did that go?
1: Yeah, that was many, many years ago, uh, certainly when I was uh, very young. Um, we were in Botswana for a few years before we, we moved back to South Africa to to uh, set up camp in Bononi, where uh, I was schooled there uh, until... Uh, standard five uh, grade seven at which point i got shipped off to boarding school Uh, i went to jp boys and that was where i uh, learned a lot about life as a young 13 year old uh, in a a big scary world and yeah that's where we uh, we start the story i
0: suppose that's that's quite a tough one you go from botswana farming cattle which is quite tough um, you go to Benoni, which is a tough area to grow up. People crack jokes about it everywhere. If you introduce yourself, like I'm from Benoni, I should know. So every time you say I'm from Benoni, guys are like, oh, you from a sleepy town. <laughs> but you make it from there, then go to a boarding school in JP Boys. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to let you say the school motto yourself, if you remember it, um, and we'll get into how that shaped you. Sure. So the the school motto is 14 Nihil Difficilius. Nothing is too difficult for the brave. Correct. And they got the brave in you, I mean, as a young man from Botswana, Pinoni JP. how do you carve yourself then uh, as a 13-year-old boy going into the high school and uh, getting your early learnings in life?
1: Yeah, so it was a, it was a rude awakening to what the world was like, you know, coming from, uh, from your comfortable home into a boarding environment. But, you know, I was actually at the school on, on, on Monday and like I told the guys, I quickly fell in love with everything that a school like that had to offer. You know, there's so much history there. Um, I loved the uh, the camaraderie and the brotherhood. So I, I, you know, within the first couple of months, I'd really settled in and I, and I loved my time there. Um, you know, I I was head boy of the hostel. We were, I was a prefect there and it really sort of sculpted me into the person that I am today with the right value set and uh, as I said to the boys on Monday is that in an environment where it's very tough to be positive all the time as a yeah. South African, yeah. I like going back there because that's a, a it's like a crystal ball into the future of what schools like that are producing and the young men that those schools are producing. Uh, it is a very special place to be um certainly close to my heart and, and all of those public schools around Johannesburg and Pretoria who who produce these young men are, are doing an exceptional job and, and you know I try and spend as much time as possible I can there um, because that's you know it's my home. And yeah.
0: You have a great connection with the school and we'll get into that uh, later on and your involvement now uh, these days. Uh, But going back to JP High School, you're young then. Uh, What are you thinking about? What do you want to be? What do you want to shape yourself into becoming?
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, I I didn't really know what I wanted to be. I think that uh, I... uh my less than uh, illustrious academic record um, didn't allow me too many options. I don't believe of, that. Out of no, you. <laughs> I promise you, it's uh, you. You would you would laugh if you saw my matric certificate. But I realised that I was more lazy than anything. Yeah. And I think that I, I I had to do a bridging year outside of school, first year out of school. I didn't get a university exemption, so I realised that I needed to pull up my socks. And, and work exceptionally hard to get where I needed to. Um, I did a, uh, it was a course, it was called Basics of Business through Varsity College, which gave me exemption into a BCom. Um, and I realized I had a bit of a knack for accounting and uh, sort of the rest was history. Uh, I managed to get into a BCom uh, and, you know,
0: studied my way through to a CA that's a very really tough lesson early on especially for a young man you don't get university exemption all your mates are talking about where they're going uct and all these places how do you ground yourself then to say look you need to do better mate um you clearly weren't taking yourself seriously but you're going to do better as you go along so how do you have that conversation with yourself because you're young uh very impressionable somebody would have said go get a job and you you don't go the ca way but you 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 clearly grounded yourself at that time. And how do you speak yourself into making sure you go back to school and, and and improve? So I think
1: it's from a family perspective, you know, my parents wouldn't have allowed me to, to have given up that early, you know, they supported me in whatever I needed to do. Uh, They were, you know, very supportive, notwithstanding my best efforts to try and uh, fail. But, um, you know, it, uh, it was, it was just the way it had to be. I had to go and study. They would do whatever they needed to do to support me. I realized very quickly that it wasn't a. It, it was just a lack of effort because I was just lazy. I, I met my wife when I was in matric. She was at JP Girls, and as a consequence, I just I had rose-colored glasses for one thing and one thing. She wasn't I, the
0: distraction though.
1: Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. She was certainly the distraction. <laughs> I think. But um, but you know, I, I realized that. I needed to take myself a little bit more seriously. I think that you know you've got to be able to work hard. And once I started to put my head down and focus on on my studies and ensure that I would give my myself, my family, the best chance of success, I had to put in the work. And and that is the conversation that I had with myself uh, very early on after the newspaper printed my metric results and I knew that I just scraped through. So We're it was still a, those
0: days, eh? Yep. Everybody got to see how you perform. <laughs> in the good old days. Let's talk about then taking the CA route, which is one of the hardest routes in, in terms of business leadership in the country. It's a, a lot of studying there. Some people crack. You have to, you know, go through a lot of exams um, to get to to the top and to get that C-A-S-A next to your name. Um, who gets you through that process? I know you said you met your wife at at, at Jappy Girls. Um, You know, what's the family's involvement in getting you through this academic process? So, I mean, it was was a a real family effort. You know, I think that I
1: I put my head down from day one. I knew what I needed to do. Um, I started the year very early, making sure that I was, you know, studying hard. I had good lecturers. I was very fortunate to have a mentorship base that, got me through and i I had a support structure which allowed me to keep my focus Uh, i never wavered i knew exactly what the end result was going to be and as a consequence i put my head down and and got stuck in and and managed to to get through um all of the exams boards all first time and and ultimately then start my articles
0: Yo, you really had a chip on your shoulder if you were taking those first time um you then get your qualification right uh, you've passed through you've taken yourself seriously um your first workings as an intern as a first comer uh, are you making tea at this point or you walk in with the ca ment- uh, mentality and you want to just take over I think that's the that, that's the misconception as a CA. You know, you do your articles, you you learn, you
1: tick and bash, as they, as they call it with your green and red pen, and you go and um, experience various businesses. I always wanted to go to a smaller firm because I felt like I would get a little bit more exposure, and I think I did. Um, my first job out of articles, uh, if I'm honest, and I hope my, my FD is not listening, but I actually didn't have a clue, what I was doing because when you on one side of the, the the desk as an auditor versus a financial manager, it's a very different environment. Whilst your 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 learning curve is steep and you can you can learn quickly because that's what ultimately a degree like that helps you do is is is, is you know that critical reasoning and your learning curve uh, uh, is, is is steep. But uh, I, I was certainly a fish out of water <laughs> quite early <laughs> on, but but fortunately I learned. I had very good mentorship coming through and. Yeah, so I was managed. I managed to uh, settle in pretty quickly. That's
0: what I wanted to talk about: uh, the, the managers and the leadership that got you to shape shift through that process. Um, you, like you're saying, a deer in headlights. You're getting all this work coming at you. Just got your qualification. Who's steering you along the way? So I've always been very fortunate to have uh, a very solid
1: mentorship base. Um, you know, I don't want to mention any other the names at risk of forgetting anybody, but, you know, I, I think that certainly the way that I operate, when I see a youngster coming through who's trying his best and wants to learn, you've got to give them the opportunity to potentially, potentially fail and then Ensure that you you create a safe place for them to then learn and grow. I was given, I was afforded those opportunities early on in my in my career. Uh, I never took it for granted. I, I realised that a broad mentorship base is so important for career growth and and um, sort of a well-rounded career, which which I really believe has been instrumental for me personally in terms of where I've come. To
0: today, you then go to Denny Mushrooms. Was that the farm bug from back in the younger days? You wanted to experience that on the other end. Now that you've gone through life and you've got your qualifications, and you can, you know, go through it again.
1: Uh, um, I, I wish I could say it was true, but it certainly wasn't. Because when you when you qualify as a CA, sometimes you have this misconception that jobs are just waiting for you yeah um and it wasn't the case because it's quite a, a, it's a you know it's quite an um not an over at the end of articles everybody goes out and looks for jobs that's a bit saturated isn't it absolutely so so you know I, I managed to you know i had a couple of interviews and i just had such a good chemistry with uh the fd and we seemed to get on quite well um i, I can't say that i know what what he saw in me but he he obviously uh, saw something and and uh I was I happened to have a knack for that and enjoy that type of uh, that sort of agricultural environment was something I was familiar with having grown up there But, but certainly it was a um it was nice to be back, you know, having said that, we were at the head office, which was in Branston, whilst our farms were in outlying areas, we yeah. went to the farms um, often, but it certainly wasn't a, a job where I had to put on my dungarees and go to the office <laughs> every day.
0: It is a tough business though, um, you know, to make money with, you know, getting the um, operation right, the environment right, so that you get enough mushrooms to take to market. How, how challenging was it to be part of that business? And what did you learn um, from the mushroom business? So uh, I think that
1: I learned that strong fundamentals are important to run any business. You know that business that it wasn't a business that you could take shortcuts. Ultimately, in agriculture, you have to you have to put in the time, and it's you know it was 13 weeks from the time that you put the spore into the in, into the compost to the time that you get your first break. That wasn't going to change whether you did anything different. You had to be patient. You had to get the solid fundamentals. I also, learned a lot about cost base. You know that's a very high fixed cost. Business and you have to manage that cost base to make sure that you know uh, uh, your your margins are right and your volumes are right and make sure there was it was such a delicate environment you know and and we and the guys certainly the team at that stage had had the balance altogether that we were able to make a success at that time
0: Um, you seem to have enjoyed the retail side we'll talk and pick up on your um, stewardship at telljoy and also speak about you know what you're doing now with the boys at jebby boys and that's after the break we are in conversation with jonathan hervitz the ceo of telljoy the money show shapeshifters and our shapeshifter tonight is Jonathan Herbert, the CEO of Teljoy. We pick up the conversation where you joined Teljoy in 2014. Now, this is a company, of course, that has a lot of rent to own products, but and, and joining a competitive space like the retail space in, in South Africa, there's a lot of competition there for attention, firstly, and also for money. How have you found that uh, since joining them?
1: So. I think that you're right in that there's lots of competition in sort of the category but I think our our model is is certainly unique relative to the rest of retail um, and I think that that's where we differentiate ourselves you know told as you've said is old business 54 years old this year from next month actually um, you know we've always been, in the rental space I mean with a very rich history Um, Theo Ratstein our founder um, I've still got the original advert that he put into the paper in 1969 um, advertising TV um, with a little cutout at the bottom where you had to post it back and uh, and um, you know overnight there was you know Lots and lots of demand. TV only arrived in 1975, at which point we had a business. So, you know, I think that that rental model at that stage... Because it was, it wasn't commoditized. It, you know, TV was the third most expensive thing in your house. It was your house, your car, your TV. So you know, he he was a visionary. He still is a visionary, and he was able to to build this rental model that allowed us to to build this business over many many years. Later on, brought cellular into the country, um, and then you know the various iterations of Teljoy took place.
0: And things are far more faster these days. I mean, you became CEO of Teljoy in 2019. 2014. 20, 2014. Oh, sorry, 2019 yeah. CEO. Sorry. You joined sorry. 2014, CEO Great. 2019. Yeah. Um, and you've taken up the space. And I see the company taking a direction of uh, renting to own backup power devices. Uh, that's another competitive space. A lot of people trying to stock up in some of these products as more and more South Africans uh, try to gain access to them. How has it been, especially in your space, uh, where you're introducing a product uh, for rent to own? We know that backup power devices are quite expensive at this point in time. Are you finding a, a lot of reaction from the market? absolutely i think there's you know there's a lot of demand and we just uh,
1: make sure that we've got the right type of products that uh, that perform the right type of service for the for our, our, our customers um it is an overtraded space um so you know supply is much lower than demand at the moment um, and we we with all our categories, we make sure that we get the 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 best products possible in order to make sure that our customers have as much uptime as possible without uh, you know any uh, possible breakdowns or or so on. The name Kevin Tate, uh, what does it mean to you? Uh, Kevin Tate was the headmaster when I was at school. Um, he was a man who I think he took over when I was in grade standard seven standard eight Um, and yeah absolutely an inspirational guy he spent a lot of time at JP. he was an old boy himself I know he spends a lot of time at uh, at the girls school now he looks after our our memorabilia our museum so yeah a lot of uh, history with him
0: you're now also an old boy, and you spend a lot of time at JP Boys. I uh, just tell us some of the programs that you uh, have the privilege of running there, and what you want to instill in the new generation of these high school men. So, you know, as I said earlier, these the
1: future leaders of South Africa need the best uh, the the best start possible, and and a, a business like Teljoy and the time of old boys is the is the only way to get these boys there. I think it's a different. Um, a different mix of boys that are there now. I think a lot of guys don't necessarily come from the stable households as it was many years ago. So old boys' time and mentorship is so so key for the succession of 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 that school. Um, you know, Talja has the 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 pleasure of of spending a lot of time there you know, and 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 really trying to improve the life of these or the lives of these of these kids and as I said you know these are future leaders we've got to look after them we've got to make sure that they have the mentorship and they have the 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 ability to to add back to society down the line
0: uh, a lot of people will tell you if you go to a private school, you join a network of people that you can rely on later, maybe even become your shapeshifters if they're your seniors. But public schools um, also have that opportunity um, if you have an all-boy systems like you, you're saying. Um, so what kind of opportunities are you creating for this um, new uh, a bunch of young men that want to go out in the world and make a change, especially in our country? So um, it's quite topical for us at the moment. We're developing an app um, that
1: allows boys to connect with uh, other old boys um, across the world and you know, seek opportunities for uh, work or mentorship or advice. Or if somebody immigrates to London, as an example, and they land there and they know nobody they then have a network which they can they can plug into. You know, everything is about support, uh, not just as part of JP, but everywhere. You know, we see a lot of people who battle on a daily basis. Why? Because their support structures is on strong.
0: So, yeah. As a CEO then of Teljoy, um, looking at South Africa's situation, a lot of headwinds coming from every direction. Where do you find the positives? So, you know, Teljoy's.
1: Story is 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 that we have always been part of the South African South African consumers household. That's not going away. We we are there to support customers in making sure that we we are giving them the the best way to get the things that they need. You know, Teljoy is. A, it, it, I mean, we, we offer a month to month rental on, yeah. on on things that are required in the home. There's no necessity for um, capital outlay and, and all of that um, excess that you may not have access to. So, you know, we are remaining um, very positive. I know that guys are, are are struggling. We're trying to help that middle class really
0: improve their quality of life with a model that is is truly unique. Uh, as, as a CEO now, of course, you're in the... You're in the C-suite, and a lot of people think um, you don't need advice yourself. Um, But let's go through some of the best advice that you've received um, that's shaped you uh, as the man you are today. So there's a book that I always go back to. I read it two, three times a year
1: called The Go-Giver. It's all about how much you're able to give before you... Before you take, Um, I run the business on that premise is, you know, your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. Um, And, you know, it's very difficult to pinpoint. I've had so much support in my career through shareholders, through, um, you know, people that I've met over time. You know, I think for for young people, one of the, the, the things that I'll say to them, because everybody's in a rush, you know, it takes a year to get a year's experience you you often a lot younger than what you think you are and just be patient and it will come. And if the place is right, the money will find you. Don't chase money.
0: From a CEO, don't chase money. Work your way through it. Put in the hours. Uh, that was our shapeshifter tonight, Jonathan Hervitz, CEO of Telljoy. Thank you so much for joining us on The Money Show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.